0: And welcome to the Crochet Circle podcast. This is episode twenty-six, and I've called it Calathorn because there are so many cows going on and so many cows coming up, and I want to partake in all of them. And I seem to be partaking in all of them as well. So um, a lot of my whips and my FOs and bits and pieces are cow-related. So hence Calathorn. Welcome in. Hello. Um, If you can hear some purring, it's because we have a podcat today. I was away at the weekend, and what that inevitably means is that when I get back, Robinson, aka Pom Pom, aka Wiggy Woo, um, sticks to me like glue. So I don't know how long he'll stay in here with me for whilst I record, but he just is like my little cat shadow at the moment. So... Like I say, apologies if you can hear the purring and if he starts to muck about then I'll just, he'll get scooted out from the recording space. <laughs> he just wants to be loved. Um. So yeah, apologies for purrs. Um. <clears throat> my name is Faye, I'm coming to you from Cheshire in England. And um, you can find me on Ravelry as the Crochet Circle Group, and my personal Ravelry is Ma Dashpar. All the information is in the show notes. I'm also on Instagram. That's probably where I'm most active, and I'm there as Crochet Underscore Circle Underscore Underscore Podcast. Um, I also have my company on Instagram as Knit It Hook It. And I'm there as a crochet designer as Fay D-H Designs. And that's Fay without an E, so F A Y D H Designs. And there are all the good places that you can find me. Show notes are at um, www.crochetcircle.podbean.com. And I pull together really comprehensive show notes. Everything is linked, all the yarns that I am working with are listed, all the patterns are linked through, anything that I'm talking about, I try and provide the information into the show notes. So go there. If there's anything that I've been talking about, you will inevitably find more detail in the show notes. So let's crack on and I'll tell you what we've got coming up. There are some quick news beats. Old dog, new tricks. I've pulled together a quick review of the Making Winter book, which I promised a couple of podcasts ago. I've got finished objects, um, works in progress, design in progress, um, feeding the habit, big up and what's good. So quite a lot. Um, Now let's start off with quick news beats. I said last time that we were going to have the global hookup, the first one, on the 3rd of February. So if you're catching this podcast on Friday the 2nd when it comes out, it's tomorrow night. Um, And what I've done is done it just for an hour to begin with. It starts at 7pm GMT. And I thought that was quite a good time because it then allows for lots of people in the West to join in. Some people in the East to join in. Um, and it's just an hour just so we can all get to grips with Zoom and how that will work for us. So all of the details are in the show notes and they were are also added into the Ravelry thread. It's a really simple system to use. But that said, on the first one I'm going to be trying to get to grips with the technology. So you'll all come in and be muted. And then as you join the session I will unmute you. I don't know how many people will be in the session. It might just be two of us, it might be twenty of us, it might be forty of us. Um I've yeah, I've I've gone for a paid for version so that we can have more than forty minutes, which is a limiting factor. I didn't think that was enough time. Um and you can join whenever, don't feel like you have to be there at seven o'clock GMT on the dot. Um join in whenever you're ready, but we will go on between seven and eight o'clock. Um and the whole concept is that you sit with the brew I'll have a glass of wine because it'll be seven o'clock on a Saturday night, and um, you have a drink and you craft away with me and um, loads of other people we get to find out where they are across the world, um, and hopefully there will be quite a few of you from all over the place. Um, now, the other thing to know about that is if you're on Instagram, you can also use hashtag global hook up. And if you follow that hashtag, then you'll automatically be able to see what everybody else is up to. So you can either follow it or you can search for it on Instagram. Um, And between the hookup and Instagram, they're the two ways I'm going to be able to communicate with you during that one hour session. And then what I would like to do is probably take it over to Ravelry, review it from there, see what you all thought about what needs to be tweaked and what needs to be changed because the next one is going to be on the 24th of February and that will then set the pattern. So it will always be the final Saturday of the month. I just couldn't do it last time because I was away in North Wales with rubbish internet. So um, there was no way that was going to happen. So Saturday, the 3rd of February, 7pm GMT until 8pm GMT for... Our first ever global hookup. I'm very excited. I have got the potential to record as well, which I think I might do for the first one. And then um, if it's worth it, I might then upload it. So even if you can't get into that session and you just want to feel like you're being part of a session, then I might be able to whack them up on YouTube anyway. I might do that with the first one and see what the feedback is on it and whether anybody watches it. And if you don't, then I won't take it. I won't do that. And if you do, then I'll keep on doing it for every month and then you've got more um, chance of being part of a crafting session whether you're there live or not. So that's Global Hookup done. Um, next up is One Skin Wonderland Cal. By the time that I um, have press published on this podcast... The cal will have closed. There have been so many amazing projects. Um, If if you've got those orphan skeins of yarn sat in your stash, go and have a look at the threads and look at how many wonderful things you can make um, using the patterns that people have used for the cal. It's it's been incredible. All sorts of stuff. Um, So next quick news beat is the Different Designer Cal. That's the next cal that I'll be running from the Crochet Circle podcast. It will start on the 1st of March and run until the 8th of April. And the premise is that you um, go to the Ravelry thread, you add in who your favourite designer is and if you want what your favourite project has been that you've ever done of theirs. You're then not allowed, and I'm going to be quite strict on this, you're not allowed to then make something from that designer. You have about five weeks and you have to choose a different designer that is completely new to you. What tends to happen is you go back to the same designers time and time again. And what I want to do is encourage knowledge and understanding of different designers across the globe. There are some amazing designers out there and it can be quite hard to be brought into the spotlight as a designer and that's one of the things I want to do with this crochet along. And So you have to try out a new designer to be in line of um, doing part of the cal. I already have my new designer sorted. Um, I know the pattern is going to be released on the 1st of February um, but I will be adding lots of different designer ideas into the thread. So please do go and participate. Big up who your favourite designer is and then hopefully they will catch the eye of somebody else and it will be a new designer for them to work from. Um, and it would be good to get hints and tips on why it is you like their designs. Is it the pattern layout? Is it the fact that the patterns are always right? You know, what is it about that that designer that you really like? Um, so yeah, that's the next cal starting on the 1st of March. I haven't got my yarn ready for that one yet, but the pattern's ready to go. And then the other crochet circle cal's that we've got coming up throughout the year... There's the Summer Tops Cal, that will be the 4th of May to the 30th of June. The Vintage Along, 13th of July to the 31st of August. 14th of September to to the 26th of October is a Sock Along, and I'm hoping that that's going to be a massive cal. I'm working on quite a few cool things with that, that um, hopefully will involve lots of people, and possibly some designs specifically for the cal from some designers doing sock Um, designs and then that brings us back round again, a little break and back round to the 24th of December to the 31st of January for the next oneskin Wonderland Cal or something that is the kind of 24th of December Christmas Eve Castle. that's what I'm aiming for and one of the new twists that I want to add to the Cal's for this year is apart from the different designer Cal I want to make Um, Whips acceptable as part of the um, the potential for your projects. I don't think I'm going to do a festival of finishing again this year like I did last year. So my way around that is to actually encourage you to finish off some of your whips as part of the cals, so that you don't always start with like the new and shiny element, but you um hopefully. whatever whip you've got will work in with the brief of the crochet along, then work on your whips. By all means, go for it. I'm not going to say no. I'd much rather you got projects finished up and were being used rather than just starting new and shiny because I'd said that you can't add whips. I don't care. Do what you like. So it's all good as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'd just much rather you were crocheting away and happy. Last Friday it was also another hashtag Friday is dye day, um and so nice to see people taking part in this. Um this year we this year this month, um Lindsay did some amazing speckled jars. Lindsay is and then there was Morgan. We had Gemma who is currently Gem ninety two on Instagram. She dyed up four skeins, um three of them I think were really quite bright one of them was beautiful mottled grey colours, really lovely. Um, and Jo who is dancing goat crafts on Instagram, she did some wool tops ready for spinning. Now Jo comes to wool gathering some batch so I'm hoping that at some point I will get to see those um, spun up and see what she what she made with them. Um, I did some overdying from the accommodation that I was staying at in North Wales. So I overdyed a pair of cashmere gloves I found in TK Maxx. It's not the best overdying ever. The colours have kind of moved out a little bit. I don't really mind, but they're quite bright teal um gloves. I did bargain hunting again in TK Maxx. These were £7. Um, made in Scotland, 100% cashmere, and they will do for going out on my walks very nicely. So they got dyed. They still smell quite a lot of vinegar, so I might have to wash them out a little bit better. Um, I also had, you may have seen this, other people on Instagram, I had some orange yarn that I dyed up. I think it's 100% alpaca. Now, a few years back, I... um. I organised a dyeing workshop with Nick Rudd from Yarns from the Plain, and lots of us from Woe Gathering went along. It was just it must be about 18 months ago now, maybe a bit longer. And um, one of the things that I dyed up was this chunky alpaca yarn. I just didn't like it, didn't like the end result, and it sat in my stash for that long thereafter. And so I th- Figured that I would do something with it in this month's um, hashtag Friday is dye day. And so what I did was consulted the dye oracle that is Becky at River Nets and said, if you had this, what would you do with it to make it a nicer colour? And Becky, she's such a darling. She came back with three different options. One of them was if I added a teal or a bright blue and just a hint of um, black to it, then what would happen is the orange would overdye. the brighter bits of the orange would stay to a kind of um, a brownie colour and the rest of it would go to really quite a nice forest green and that is exactly what happened. And I now love it and I loved it so much that I crocheted it up straight away. I started this on this Saturday while I was away last weekend and I had it finished by the Sunday morning so I'll talk a little bit more about the project that I made up because actually it's from the Making Winter book so I'll talk about it as part of that review but it's so interesting that I can go from having something that's been in my stash for a couple of years and I haven't used it because I did not like the colour to simply changing the colour of it using it was um, Wilton's icing colourants that I used again you need 3 grams of um, dye per 100 grams of yarn and 100ml of white vinegar per 100 grams of yarn and that's it. So it's stuff that I've got in my store cupboard totally transformed this yarn into something that is now very wearable. So one of the other things that I did for hashtag Friday is Dye Day is I took a skein of, it's 80% merino, 20% 20% silk for my mum to dye up. She's She said she'd done dyeing in the past, but I don't think she'd done it quite like this. And I just um, took a little artist's palette where you can do different colours and made her up some basic colours and then she was mucking about with them. You know, like an artist does. She was like, oh, but what if I mix this colour with this colour? I was like, no, you've just marked up the colour. The control freak of me was not happy. And she was like, oh, I quite like this colour. How do I repeat that? Well, you can't because you put two colours unmeasured into one. So you're just, you're going to have to go with it now. So what she stuck to were quite muted primary colours and just dobbed them on to her skin and then I set it in the microwave. So she's got quite a light raspberry pink, a bit of a bright teal, um, there was a forestry green which she then added some blue into and took that to a teal. Little dots of um, almost like a daffodil yellow um, and she put them across the skein quite randomly and left quite a lot of the undyed skein bare. So it's predominantly cream but it does have these kind of splashes of colour in there. Now... It's going to be interesting to see how this is when it is balled up um, because it will be completely different and it will um, it will look completely different when it's been used again. Um, my I asked her what she wanted me to make for her and she said a pair of socks and I tried to explain that it maybe wasn't the right yarn for a pair of socks and still the answer came back a pair of socks please it was a bit, they might not last a pair of socks please who am I to argue I will make her a pair of socks with it and we'll see how long they do last they have got silk in them so maybe maybe they'll be okay but um, yeah so these will become a pair of socks for my mum Um, but yeah I think she really enjoyed having a go at yarn dyeing and it showed her what's what's possible, she does quite a lot of crafting with young kids um, up in Scotland so it might be something that she ends up doing with them possibly with bits of fleeces and um, bits and pieces so it might give her a new crafting technique for um, the summer clubs that she helps to run So that's it for Friday's is Day A couple of other little bits on um, quick news beats One is that I'm heading to Unravel Festival uh, it's held at Farnham Maltings, and I'm going to be there on Sunday, the 18th of February. So if anybody else is going to be there, please, um, if you want to meet up for a coffee, just drop me a line, get in touch. I'm already meeting up with um, a couple of friends, and I'm hopefully meeting with um, Chrissy from Chrissy Crafts for a coffee or some lunch at some point as well. So if you're going to be there, I think Sophie, maybe you were coming too. So if you're going to be there, um, it would be lovely to meet up. Um, and Helen and Flick and I will be there on the Sunday. So that's Unravel. And then the final one. This is quite, this is quite exciting. I have been asked by Erica and Bella to come and help them on the stand one day. At the knitting and stitching show at Olympia in London. If you've not been before, it is a really large show. And they hold them twice a year in London. You also, There's one in Harrogate. There was one in Edinburgh. They're all over the place. I think there was one in Dublin as well. And um, there's a bit of everything at these shows, actually. They're a really good day out. And one of the things that they also do are some fantastic exhibitions of showing off embroidery or knitting or craft, um, craftsmanship. Um, so if you fancy it, the knitting and stitching show will run from the 1st to the 4th of March in 2018. I'm going to be there on the Friday... On Erica's stand, which is stand F sixty two. So, come along and say hello, and um, come and see what Erica's got that is new. Um, if you do come and say hello, I promise that one I'm going to have to wave at you, and two, you will get a hug. It's kind of just obligatory. Just uh, yeah, tough luck, you get a hug, That's what I do. Uh, so yeah, that will be the Friday which is the 2nd of March and um stand F62 I'll be on Erica Knight stand so come and say hello if you're coming. Right, that's it for Quick News Beats. So on to old dog new tricks. I've got one quick one for you today. It can be really hard to find patterns online and not everybody is a fan of Ravelry and it suddenly dawned on me yesterday that one of the quickest ways i search for patterns is actually using google images and i just thought well maybe not everybody takes that same approach because quite often i will have an idea in my mind of what it is that i want to crochet or knit and so what i will do is go to see if a pattern like it already exists and i'm very visually led So the easiest way for me to do that is to go to Google Images and type in whatever my requirements are. So within the show notes, what I've done is given you an example. So I typed in crocheted asymmetric shawl lace. And it came up with hundreds of options for me. Now, some of them were knitted because the boundaries do get crossed over a little on Google. But predominantly, they were crochet. And what that brings up is hundreds of photos for me to flick through And say, that's the kind of thing that I'm looking for. That's not the kind of thing that I'm looking for. And quickly scoot past it. And I find that a much easier way of searching for patterns than going through Ravelry. You can be even more specific. And you can... Add in 4ply or DK or Chunky, and hopefully that will filter down into the next level of patterns that are suitable for what you're looking for. And then, of course, because it's Google, on if you hover over the image or you click onto it, it will take you to where that source is. Now, sometimes it can take a bit of rummaging through to get to that source because it might be an image that's been listed up on Pinterest, and you might have to go into somebody's comments to then find out. Where the pattern for the shawl is, or it might take you down a bit of a, a blind alley. Um, but by and large, I find it to be a really quick, simple, visual way of working out whether there's a pattern that meets the requirements you have already set out in your head. Um, so give it a try and see what you think. In the show notes, I have added the link to the search that I did, and I think I'll also add a screenshot in there so you can see, and if I can, I'll upload it here as well. But a really, really quick way of trying to find a pattern. I also use it from a design point of view. If I have got a design in mind, like there's one that I've got um, in my mind at the moment. So I'll use Google Image to see if anybody has already come up with a similar design. Um, And I will also Google Image it for the names of the designs that I come up with. Because I don't want to create and name something that somebody else has already used. So it's it's a really nifty little trick to use Google Images and make sure that you get the information that you want out of it, and quickly. The main thing is it's really speedy. Um, I also mentioned in episode 24 that um, you don't have to do loads of stuff on Instagram to be part of the Instagram community, and I think... Quite a few of you have joined Instagram on the back of that. So if that's true and that's you, hello and welcome in. Um, And I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're finding it to be the positive, collaborative community space that I find it to be. And if you're hummed and hard about it after I spoke about it in the um, January episode, then go forth and have a look and see what Instagram has to offer, because it is a really lovely space. So... Let's move on to finished objects. First up really has to be the cardigan of doom. It is finished. I finally posted it off to Fraser um, at the beginning of last week. Um, I'll pop some photos in the show notes and I can show you here what it looks like. I used Cascade Heritage in the shade Dark Plum which is number 2632. Um, I was ecstatic to get this off my needles I really did not enjoy this project whatsoever I don't mind the knitting rows but it was the purling back rows I really hated and then (laughs) you'll love this, two things happened one, last night I was trawling through social media for something and I saw reference to backwards or mirror knitting which means that when you get to the point where normally you would turn to purl back you don't, You there's a way of almost reverse, doing, just going from your left needle to your right needle so you don't turn your work but you do almost like a reverse purl, which is a lot easier than doing a purl. So I said last time that I will never do a four ply cardigan every again. I certainly will never do one for somebody else, but I might do one for myself if I can master mirror or um, backwards knitting because it looked so much easier I just hate doing pearls so that would be a new technique for me to learn as well and thing number two was I had posted I used my Hermes for a lot of my parcels and I had posted it off to Jenny and Fraser and by Wednesday it hadn't arrived by Thursday it hadn't arrived it was saying it had been delivered Jenny didn't have it I left it over the weekend and then contacted Jenny and um, Before yesterday on Monday, thinking, well, maybe it's arrived. They're really busy and they've got young kids, they might have been away this weekend. But it's unusual for them not to say, The parcel's arrived, thank you. And I spoke to Jenny and said, Has has your parcel arrived? No. (laughs) No. I sent the cardigan of doom to the wrong address. (laughs) I nearly cried. 100 hours worth of work and I sent it to the wrong address where they live down south I won't give you their address but there's an avenue version of it and there's a road version of it and I sent it to avenue and they live on the road version, now it's only like a 7 minute drive away but I sent it to the wrong address, Fraser had to come home from work and go to this avenue version and knock on the door and ask whether they had a parcel for Jenny and Fraser and thankfully the people that had signed for it um, had it sat there and Fraser got his parcel of his cardigan of doom but what a total plum that after all of that effort I sent it to the wrong address and you know as I was typing into into my Hermes site I was like yeah I'm sure this is right, I'm sure this is right because I couldn't be bothered to go back through my phone and double check what their address was they moved at the back end of the summer last year so normally I would know their address that off Pat, it would be fine but I just couldn't be bothered to go and check my phone with a hundred hours worth of cardigan in the balance. Lesson learned on that front. So I got a nice photo freezer opening up his parcel when he got home. What a plum though. I'll never make that mistake again, ever. I think what I need to do is just be in a position where I can pass things to people by hand and not uh, not rely on posting stuff like that out because my heart yeah I, I was the, the idea of that card going missing and me never getting it back or the people that received it at the other end just going, Well this isn't us and you're chucking it away. Mm. so yeah that's FO number one with mistakes learned. Um And I did learn some other major lessons with this thing. Um, I've written down, number one, never knit a four-ply cardigan ever again. But actually, if I do get to grips with mirror backwards knitting, then I might have to really on that one. Um, Two, don't make big items for other people. I've learned that I just don't enjoy it. If I'm going to put that much time and effort into it, I want it to be for me. (laughs) I know that probably sounds really selfish to some people but I rarely think that people appreciate the things that you do as much as you would appreciate that in in time for something that you do for yourself. Other people do get crafting but I rarely pass things on to other people where they get it and they have the same love and appreciation for it that I would and therefore it's probably better to just spend that time on the things that I really love and that I'm going to get the use out of. (laughs) I don't care if that sounds really rude and selfish. That's the way that I feel about it. Um, Lesson number three. If you make an obvious mistake, frog it back and remedy it. I was um, working simultaneously on another project, which was using moss stitch, which is knit one, Power one, that one, power one, and then you alternate it when it comes to the other side, and it gives you a very bumpy stitch. And I'd gone about twenty rows up the cardigan and realized that I'd started doing moss stitch on a bit of the rib here at the top of the cardigan, and I couldn't be bothered to frog it back. It would have been about four hours worth of work to take it back and then do it again to take it down to where I'd set the lifeline. Um, in the work and I didn't do it and I should have done it because it's really quite obvious but do you know what, even if Fraser uses it for a house cardigan then great, fine I don't care, I should have thrown it back but it was the thought of it was so, so destroying that I didn't do it. <laughs> it's really naughty <laughs> I should have made it a perfect piece and I didn't because at that point it was just before Christmas and I was rushing to get it done but lesson learned, if I do anything like that again, no matter what the craft, and I make what I think is going to be a very obvious mistake, then I really need to take it back, deal with the issue and make it good. Cause otherwise it just sticks out like a sore thumb. But I'm never gonna see that cardigan again. So I don't care that much. It's really naughty, but I hate that thing so much I just don't care. Fraser, I love you. But I just don't care about that cardigan at all. So one of the the fourth part of that lesson is if you're working on two projects simultaneously make sure you're going to work from the right stitch because otherwise you just muck it up. <laughs> yeah, so that was it. Cardigan of Doom, I hope to never have to mention ever again. That is it. We're done. Um, my other finished object was um, my third version of the crisscross shawl which um, I did using Rowan alpaca colour this is one of my favourite Rowan yarns and unfortunately they have now discontinued it when Rowan was taken over by Metz this was one of the yarns that got culled <laughs> Um, it's a really beautiful yarn to work with Um, it's very very soft Um, and basically it's 100% baby alpaca comes in 50 gram skeins if you really like alpaca and you can find some of this I would say give it a whirl I've got quite a lot of it in my stash I have got about 240 grams of the green that I used which is it's shade 83, and I think it's called um, Emerald. So it's a really bright, bright green colour. And this is going to Jael. I promised it to her. She'd asked me when I popped a photo of the design up on my Instagram account. She had said, what is that green? And I knew that I would have some left because I had 500 grams of it. So I've promised to bring it to her when we meet at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. So... And the shawl is a massive. It um The width of it is about 2.8 metres. And I took it up to row 64 of the pattern, which is before you get to the extension point, which just finishes it off at the end of the lace section, which I really like. Um, so this is a nice big version of the shawl. It's the third time I've done it, and the crochet along is still running. So if you fancy making it, Um, it runs until the 23rd of February all the details are in the show notes and it's available free of charge through Olin and what I would say is somebody made this in cotton and it just doesn't, doesn't work you need something that has got a bit of give in it because you are going to block this to within an inch of its life and I am not joking and by blocking it that way it pulls out the hump at the top or it should do and it pulls out the lace. It's really a project that has to be wet blocked and you need something that's got a little bit of elasticity to it. Cotton will not do that and that's actually a tip. If a designer says do something in wool or doing it in a specific yarn, that design is set to that yarn. So if you then change the yarn content around and move to something like cotton or linen, instead of 100% wool, you are inevitably going to get very different results. Um, and you just have to be aware of that because cotton and linen just don't have elasticity in the same way. You're going to get a very different project at the end of it. Um, and quite often, I think, with cotton, it contracts quite a bit and linen can grow quite a lot, so you're going to get a very different project. and um, But there are loads of these up on Ravelry so go and take a look at all of the different versions it's been amazing to see all of them all be made so I'm going to move on to works in progress um, I've been finishing off the last set of designs for Erica, and I've recrocheted this it's a set of designs and I've done them in five separate colourways so it's been quite a massive undertaking um, and I'm just coming to the end of that now which means that I've had to prioritise that So there hasn't been an awful lot of personal crochet time. But one of the things I am working on is a pattern called the Inclination Wrap. It's done by a lady called, I think she's based in South Africa, and I think her name is Julm. I might be pronouncing that wrongly, apologies if I am, but it's spelled J-U-L-M-E. Conradi, Joan Conradi. And um, it's a pattern that she's done for nurturing fibres. It's available on their website. You can get it via Ravelry. And it's a free of charge pattern. And it it is quite a sizeable wrap. Um, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to wear it yet. Um, But I will get to grips with it when I have finished it. And basically it starts with 100 stitches and then you create a little right angle at the very beginning um, couple of rows. And then as the piece grows, it's using linen stitch. So as it grows, the right angle moves up. Um, So you've got this lovely diagonal part to the pattern. You use three different colours and it's done in... and it almost gives you a little bit of a fade effect. Um, It certainly does because of the colours that I have chosen. So my main colour, I went and shopped my own stash and I found some Drops Charisma that I had in there. Now Drops Charisma is 100% wool and it's a really standard DK yarn. So it is um, 100 metres per 50 grams. The colour is 72 and it is, unfortunately it's super wash. but it's one of those that actually, I quite often think that with super wash, you can kind of feel the coating on it. It's one that doesn't feel like that so I was happy to use it. I bought a load of this colour because I had a, a cushion design that I wanted to do um, and I may still do it but I thought this went really well with the other two colours I wanted. Um, Do you remember I mentioned the dyeing workshop that I had organised with Nick from Yarns from the Plain where I I dyed up the orange yarn Um, at the same time I also dyed up some Aran yarn now Nick gets her stock via um, wool tops or she used to and that means it's spun by John Arbon. and I dyed it up this really beautiful kind of violet purple colour and again exactly the same timeline so this has been sat in my stash for quite some time and it was time to pull it out and get it used and um probably about 18 months ago i also bought from life in the long grass they had a lucky dip club and well a a lucky dip sale and i managed to get in there and the colourway that i got from them is called Viola and it's slightly different weight DK in that it's um 225 meters per 100 grams and it's superwash merino I can't remember what the the yarns from the plain John Arbin stuff was um, but I'm fairly sure it's 100% wool but it might be a blend of two different ones and it's an Aran weight so I have got three slightly different weights of yarn going on in this um, shawl but I don't think it's noticeable at all. I think it works really nicely. What I particularly like is that between the stuff that I hand dyed the violet colour and the life in the long grass there's quite a nice crossover of colours but the life in the long grass has got um, pops of really bright acid yellow burgundy going into a really bright um, pink in areas and ultraviolet colour which is the key word because I am doing this shawl as part of the ultraviolet cal with um, lovely Alison and Vivian from the Keep Calm and Carry On podcast so it's a cal cal you can either knit or crochet with it um, but you have to use the colour ultraviolet and I have got ultraviolet in both my hand dyed And also the life in the long grass skein. I reckon I've got maybe about another 20 hours put into this shawl. And then I have finished with it. Maybe a bit less. Because the rows actually work up quite quickly. It's linen stitch. Which means you basically um, do a double crochet, single crochet in American terms. Chain one. Double crochet chain one, double crochet chain one, and then when you come back um, on the next row, you're double crocheting into that chain space. And what that gives you is a really beautiful textured stitch. Uh, this is linen stitch, is one of my favorite um, stitches to use for crochet because it gives you a very flattened fabric. You don't have the same bulk that you get with just standard double crochets. And it's a great way of introducing colour work into your rows, especially if you do it um, like if you show off one row in one colour and then move on to another colour, because it just gives you this really lovely patterning with the stitch. I love uh, linen stitch, and I plan to design a couple of things with it again this year because it's just so simple. And that flatness of fabric I think makes for a really contemporary look on your crochet and there it will come to a point where i've got a massive block of it with the life in the long grass so at that point i think it will really help to show off the contrast between the purple that i dyed and the life in the long grass purple i think that will really help to complete the whole project but you just there are little bits where that life in the long grass you are and just gives you a little pop of yellow in there or um a bit of burgundy and I just I really like it and again both sat in my stash well all three of them actually sat in my stash for a long long time and it's nice to be able to go and go shopping in it and know that I've got stuff there for projects so yeah I reckon by the time I've finished this it will probably take about about 600 grams of yarn so it's a sizable project and it's a dense project as well but this is definitely something that will keep me warm when I'm out of my office and I like to have shawls that are this big because what I also tend to do is take them with me when I'm travelling so they scrunch up enough that they can be a pillow I use them as lap blankets and I use them for all sorts of things beyond just being a shawl I always travel with a big massive shawl with me because they are so versatile the downside of this project is the number of ends that I'm going to have to weave in. But I started it knowing that that was going to be the case and I've um, crocheted over 50% of the ends so this is just half of the ends that I still need to weave in and it's a lot. By the time i finished I think I'm probably looking at about 40 ends to weave in. So it could have been 80, it's going to be 40 So before I record the next podcast, I will have actually started another whip as well. I've got the yarn ready. I don't know what the pattern is yet and I can't really work that out until the cal starts. But Claudia from the Crochet Lona podcast is hosting a fortune cookie cal. It kicks off on the 16th February, I think it is, which is the Chinese New Year. And the idea is you... And crack open a fortune cookie and then you go and find a pattern or a yarn name that relates to whatever that fortune cookie has said now I can't get a hold of fortune cookies but I did find an online resource that will give you daily fortune cookies so I was going to do that on the day of the cal I've already got my yarn sorted, which has to be the one that I use because it's called Rhubarb Patch. And Claudia has never eaten anything rhubarb related. She doesn't know what it tastes like. So I thought that was a nice little tie in to Claudia to actually do her cal and um, do it with my Rhubarb Patch yarn. (laughs) so I will be participating in that so come the next podcast I might even have it as a finished object we'll see because it's just a one scaler but Claudia's got this Cal going um, as well so again I've added the details into Ravelry provided links into Claudia's blog so um, yeah I warned you that it was all about Cal's uh, this episode I just want to do all of them I love a cal. It's a great way of engaging with other people in the crochet community and having a common purpose and it really pushes me on because there's always a deadline with a cal, and it pushes me on to to craft faster and to be part of something with other people and to support other people's initiatives as well. I really love it. Um, I do have a design in progress that I started this morning. And it's a bit of a different one, really. Um, How do I put this? You might disown me. I am not a fan of the granny stitch or a granny square. Are you allowed to say that when you have a crochet podcast? Are you allowed to admit that? Do you want to disown me? Throw me out of the circle? I I just don't like them. I don't like the stitch. I don't like the connotations. With that said, it's unfair to just like sweeping statements say that I don't like something. And Rosina from the Zanes and Rogers podcast is having a granny along. And it starts on the 1st of February. Whips are allowed. So that's why I've started on this because I wanted to be able to show you some of my progress on it. Um And it will run, I think it runs until 31st of March, but I've added all of the details and the links into the show notes and they're up on our Cal's Ravelry thread as well. Um, so Rosina is a massive fan of Granny's stitch, Granny square. She does a lot of work with it. and Whilst I can appreciate what she does and how she does it, it's just not my design aesthetic. It's not something that I would ever go to. So, like I said, it's not good enough to just say, I don't like that, and not even try to appreciate it. So, what I am doing is working with some wool that I really love, because that's half of the process for me, in colours that I really love, and I'm going to see if I can appreciate the granny. Um, So, what I have is some Icelandic wool. Of course! Um, and it's their chunkier, which is the Lope, it's the Alaphos Lope. And I have got three shades of grey. So a really dark grey, a mid-grey and a very, very light grey. And this is stuff that I had left over from um, the blanket that I did for take two with Lynn. So Lynn designed a blanket called Faisian. Um, Hers is really quite intricate, very detailed. And my take on it was to pair it right back to use four colours of grey, one of which I've totally run out of, hence why I'm using three, and to really strip the design back. And that's what I want to do with this um this granny blanket that I'm doing. So it does look like a very small blanket. It's probably about 60, 70 centimetres wide. And the whole idea is that it's going to either be a little cat blanket because our cat loves Icelandic yarn Um, or it will be a lap blanket for me whilst i'm out in the office to keep my legs warm but what i'm going to do is stripe it but stripe it in the monochrome colours so what i've done is worked out that each row of granny stitch needs about eight grams i've weighed out all of the yarn that i have got And when I did the calculation, I worked out that I have got enough of the dark grey to do 83 potential stripes. I can do 33 stripes in the mid-grey and 25 stripes in the light grey. And so what I then need to do is work out what my pattern is going to be using those three colours of grey with the amount of yarn that I've got available. And the other idea that I had was rather than just having it all go in one direction what i might do is crochet up the the other half of it at the same time and then join them so the the granny stitch doesn't just go in the same direction and it kind of meets in the middle i think that might also help with my yarn management because this yarn that i'm using can go quite thick and thin which means that although i've measured it, it doesn't really mean an awful lot when it comes to the end um, usage because one ball might be incredibly thin so I've got much more meterage in it and one ball might be incredibly thick so I've got less so if I start to work it up from the two th- sides simultaneously then one I'm less likely to get bored and uh, two I can really make sure that my yarn management is going to be good and then if I like this design at the end of it and I think it's worth um, pulling together the pattern for, then I will pop it up on my blog just as a free pattern and put it up on Ravelry, um, and I will make it available with all the kind of all the standard notes and uh, yeah. Hopefully, I will create a granny stripe blanket or lap blanket that I like and I can learn to love a granny. I can see the beauty of it and the repetitiveness of the stitch I can see why it's a really good go to project because it isn't too demanding but I actually think that might be it's downfall for me is that it's not demanding enough and the repetitiveness is too repetitive and it's still a stitch that I'm not like, you know I can't be the only one is there anybody else out there that's not a fan of the granny it can't just be me it's just I'm going to try my damnedest to love this. It's not setting me on light yet. Maybe it will when I introduce more colours. But please let me know if I'm not alone on this front. Because I truly feel like I'm a bit of a weirdo. Like I may be the only person that is in this sphere of crochet that is not a granny fan. I'm trying really hard to like it. I just don't. (laughs) That's not to say I can't appreciate... Everybody else's work. I'm talking very much about my own personal aesthetics. It's just, it's just not for me. But I'm trying, I'm trying really hard to love it. Can you tell? <laughs> so that's my um, design in progress at the moment. Um, I've listed out what the yarns are. So if you're interested in seeing them, I've added them into the show notes, and you can have a look at them um, there. But yeah, watch the space, and let's see if I'm converted or not. Oh, feeding habit for this month. I went to a, a workshop over at Black Sheep Pools on interlocking crochet. It was really interesting. Um, I'll see if I can insert a picture because I can't, I can't find my little sample that I'd done. I don't know I don't know where to put it. Um, but it's a really interesting technique. You use two colours and you basically crochet a bit like doing um, front post and back post and it gives you one colour over the top of the other. I'm really not explaining it very well, so please do go to the show notes. I will have found the sample and the will have popped a, a photo up here. The tutor was a young guy called Graham. He was really good, really um, enthusiastic and good fun. And I loved doing the afternoon workshop with him. But it also meant that I could meet up with a few people at Black Sheep Wool's um, in the morning. And um, both my friend Catherine and Catherine from the Crofton and Treats podcast were doing the workshop. Uh, My friend Lindsay came through and Charlie and Katie popped their head around the corner for a wee bit as well. So we had a nice little session of sitting and crafting and drinking coffee and eating cake and uh, crocheting. It was was really lovely. One of the things that happened was that Catherine and I swapped goodies for our respective podcasts. So some of my uh, feeding the habit, or rather a lot of my feeding the habit comes from Catherine, and some of it is for you guys. So, because Lindsay and other Catherine were there, uh, I got them to pick which ones they thought would be good podcast prizes. And so, Lindsay picked this one, which is called uh, Rebecca. and it's bright orange with cream and a kind of peachy pinky going into a peachy pinky brown as well really lovely colorway and it is 25% massam 25% Romney Lambswool 25% British Alpaca and 25% Blueface Leicester now one of the things that Catherine really focuses in on is British yarn uh, and British breed wools, and that's one of her specific things within her Etsy shop and I've provided links in the show notes for where you can find Catherine's stuff. I've worked a little bit with um, Catherine's yarn previously. She gave me some um, back at Edinburgh Yarn Festival and made a headband with it. Really beautiful colours. She's got a lovely colour sensibility, Catherine, um, and that matched with her love of British breeds. You know, that ticks all of my boxes. So this one, the um, Rubicula, is chosen by lindsay and that's going to go out as one of the one skein wonderland camp prizes so somebody is going to be getting their little paws on this and it's actually 700 yards so it's a good lace weight. this would make a pretty good um sized shawl out of this one skein so it seemed very appropriate that it was going out as a one skein wonderland prize That was number one and exactly the same weight but a different colourway. This is called Malam Tarn and this is one that Catherine has given me and it's teals going into a bright blue, bright, bright green and speckled effect and some of the undyed natural again with the cream and um, exactly the same um, blend. As I said, it's called Malam Tarn and 700 yards per 100 grams And I am going to design something with this one. So you'll see this one coming through the process at some point this year. I've already started the idea for the design filtering through my head, but it's going to be using quite a large um, hook size. And I, I think the design is going to be based on an hourglass. That's what's kind of filtering through. I really like sometimes when I've got yarn in and it just I can sit I keep it on the side and I squish it and I look at the colors and I let it filter through and then the design comes out the other end. It's like it's like my brain is a little spaghetti machine and yarn comes in one side and a design pops out the other Uh, and that's how it works with some yarns for me. And yeah, this one I think is going to be quite a nice large shawl. Based on hourglasses somehow. We'll see if I can pull that one off or not. Um, And then Catherine, not Crofton and Traits, but um, you'll know her from uh, Instagram. This is Catherine, cat lady, who has seven Norwegian forest cats. Um, I talk about Catherine quite a bit on the podcast, so you'll, you'll know who it is that I mean. The ones that she chose, because she said they can't be split up because they go so well together. And she's right. It's a beautiful mid grey colour, which is called um, pewter. And a very light teal, which is called vintage teal. And they are just gorgeous together. And they are um, teas water based with 350 yards per 100 grams. It's pure Teaswater lambswool from a single farm, spun in Yorkshire, not super wash. We like not super wash. Um, but they are going to be going out as a podcast prize at some point in the future. So I have a little... Um, I've got a box that I keep upstairs in my stash in the house and when podcast prizes come in, they go there and then what I do is I try and... Paid up the prize with the type of cal that I'm running. And we've got some really lovely prizes that have come in ready for 2018. So there are lots of nice things coming through for podcast prizes. Um, yeah, really lovely of Catherine to think of us as well. And um, offer up so many beautiful prizes for us. Now the other thing that Catherine gave me were, really generous, six balls of British breed specific yarn. So I have um, Balwyn Welsh Mountain, Hebridean, which is a lovely dark chocolate brown, a little bit darker than the Balwin. Um, I have some Manx Lawton, which is Decay, that's a proper, um, like a nutty brown, almost like a hazelnut brown, I would say. There is um, some Tordu Badger Face, which is a very dark, oatmeal creamy brownie colour. And some BFL cross. I don't know what it's crossed with. Oh, I do. Um, this one is prepared from fleece from one flock of sheep, born to a BFL ram and a swill deal. Um it's not a blend, so it, it is the crossbreeding of the two. A swill are one of my favourite sheep to look at, they're absolutely beautiful, and that is a very nice um cream. Color And it's got a real buttery texture to it. It's very nice. And the final one is um, Svartblaze DK, which again is quite a rich brown colour, almost got a, like a reddish tone to it. Now, I've said before that what I'm doing throughout this year, and I'm going to keep on going with it, is looking very specifically at British breeds. And using the same braids Louise Scully has set out in Knit British. Because it means you've got a great resource that you can go to if you want to learn more. Um, And I can provide notes over to her her show on her Ravelry thread. And pinpoint where it is you can go and learn more. Um, But what I'm doing is pulling together swatches, knitted and crocheted. And rather than me talk about them every single month in the podcast. What I'm going to do is feature... um, It will even be be every three months or every four months I will talk about four different breeds because that way I can show you it in a better capacity. You've got more ability, I think, to be able to compare and contrast and look at how they differ and um, it means I can just pull it into one succinct amount of information for you. So if you're really not interested in British breeds, you don't have to listen to that bit but I will... I will have pulled it all into one bit of information. But I fully expect that over the coming um, months of 2018 and beyond, that all of these breeds will also be coming up, some of them at least, within um, Louise's wool exploration for 2018. And because of Catherine, I've got them sat there ready to go. So if you fancied having a go at some of the British breeds um take a look at Catherine's Etsy shop because she's got um she's got these available I think she does them kit form and you can get them as individuals as well. And they're very sheepy. I just oh some more than others. Really sheepy is the Tordu Badger and the Svarples of course and Hebridean. They've got such a sweet grassy, nutty smell to them. I, I just love smelling all things sheep. So you know what a little treasure trove to be given and for prizes for the podcast. So thank you Catherine. It's very, very nice of you. And um, she's got the Crafternoon Treats podcast and I'm sure you all know she's got a huge amount of followers and people that watch. But if you if you haven't happened across her, have a look at Catherine's podcast. Um she's similar to myself in that she likes to be really informative it's not it's not just about FOs and whips she goes into techniques and um things like blocking all sorts of bits and pieces so if you like this podcast because you get a lot of information in it then you will also love catherine's podcast I'm, i'm fairly sure of that she also goes out a lot more frequently than i do um so she um, generally podcasts, you know, every week, every other week. So there's quite a lot to go at that you can you can get from Catherine's podcast, um, and we are talking about maybe doing something together later in the year. And I've had I've had an idea. I just need to fire it off to Catherine and see what she thinks. And um, but that's not it for feeding the habit. I think I've already mentioned I was in North Wales for the weekend. I was meant to be climbing well I wasn't meant to be climbing Snowdon I mentioned in episode 24 that I was going to get the train up to the top of Snowdon and then I was going to do the descent my legs just won't get me to the top of Snowdon and um, originally we were going to be doing it on a different weekend and we ended up doing it last weekend and what I hadn't realised is that the train is actually seasonal so there was no train up so we had to change our plans and my two nephews, my dad and Matthew, went. They walked up Snowden, and I will put some photos in the show notes, and I'll attach them here. But it just rained and rained and rained and rained on the Saturday. It was torrential. There's a photo where you can see where Snowden is meant to be, and there is no Snowden. It is just cloud cover. You wouldn't know that there's a mountain behind and um, the area that I took a photo of. So I took the executive decision. I was all togged up, I'd driven over there with the guys and got to the base of the mountain and I was like, nope, (laughs) I'm not not up for this, I'm not going to enjoy this. And guess what? I'm an adult. I can make that adult decision to say no. And so instead I took my mum off into Carnarvon and we went and did a bit of shopping. But on the way over there on the Friday, we stopped off. There's a haberdashery chain called Abacan. And they are fairly specific, I think, to the northwest of England and this one in Wales. You might get them a little further afield, but I think they they pretty much started off as a northwest um thing. And they had some really nice crochet cotton. It's by um, Rico. It's the Rico Essentials Cotton Range. And it's 280 metres per 50 grams. And they were in these beautiful soft colours. So there's a soft tealy blue, almost like a duck eggy blue. A soft pink and a mid grey. I've never really worked with crochet cotton before. So that was a good reason for getting it. But also I've had an idea for the vintage along that I will be running in the summer. Of creating a. Wall hanging. I won't go into too much detail now. Because we've got at least another two cows in between now and then. Um, But. I figured whilst I'm there. I can support what is a localish. Company to me. I can support a bricks and mortar. Um, yarn shop. Haberdashery shop. And I can pick up what i need and then like i was mentioning earlier i can start getting that filtering through my brain of what it is i want to actually complete with this crochet hole but really beautiful soft muted colors it's mercerized cotton so we'll see what i make of this lot it wasn't particularly expensive but i don't have anything like this in my stash and The idea that I've got really isn't suited to wool, it really has to have something with no fibres coming off very regular and the mercerisation of the cotton I think will really help with my plan as well. And given that the yarn isn't vintage, the pattern that I'm going to use is coming from a very old book and it is called... The Big Book of Needlecraft I can't remember where this was when this was published but for something to be vintage it has to be over 20 years old and this is way 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 older than 20 years old um, so I will I will be working from this for the vintage along I'm looking forward to it. and that's it for me for um, Feeding the Habit that's That's everything. And you guys have got some very nice bits coming along for prizes, courtesy of Catherine. So thank you for that. So I promised a couple of podcasts ago that I would do a review of the book Making Winter by Emma Mitchell. I know lots of people bought this book already and it really is a beautiful resource. But some of you may not have done and may have had an interest in it. And you equally may have been put off because it's called Making Winter. So what I wanted to do was um, just talk briefly about the book and what I thought of it. It's absolutely chock-a-block full of lots of different crafting ideas. And what I quite like about it is a lot of it is stuff that you can go and forage. It's stuff that you find in nature. It's stuff that doesn't have to particularly cost you lots of money. So it's not a book where you have to go out and buy lots of materials for it if you don't want to. And it covers so many different ways of crafting, from jewellery making to drawing to um, watercolours. Uh, what else is in there? Preserving foliage so you've got something nice and bright to look at in the depths of winter. There is, um, There are baking tips and there are five crochet patterns in there as well of which I have now completed two of them so from the book I have made two of the projects and I have used one of the projects Um, one of the things that it shows you how to do is make your own fire lighters and whilst I haven't made them myself my friend Beck made them and she gave me some and I tested them out and they were wonderful, really nice and something that I will redo from the book because they worked so well. You will um, probably remember the Hawthorne mittens I made. They came from the Making Winter book as well. And although I adapted them, that's just because I can't help myself. Um, I just, I have to fidget and I have to adapt things and change things. It's not because there was anything the matter with the pattern. So that was the basic um, pattern. They were in a a mid grey yarn and I added in branches and hawthorn berries. And I use those mittens a lot, especially when I'm out here in the office. And the other thing that I made, um, I alluded to earlier, is called the fennel cowl. This was the yarn that I dyed up with the green that Becky at River Knits helped me to do. Um, that way, there you can see the cowl now it uses a chunky yarn I actually used something that was slightly chunkier so instead of the 100 grams I used 200 grams and I did an extra um, two row repeat so that I have got an extra fennel head in there and it was a really nice easy repetitive pattern to do and It's a lovely, warm, chunky cowl. Pattern was perfect, no issues with it. Um, Very easy to adapt. Of the five crochet patterns that are in this book, they all seem really quite nice and simple. There's nothing too um, tasking about them. The photography within the book is absolutely beautiful and each project is kind of... Two to four pages long. So again it's nothing too arduous. Um, It seems to be really nicely laid out. She does drawings throughout the book. It's one of the things that Emma is known for. If you follow her on um, Instagram. She is Silver Pebble too. And her feed is beautiful. It's very inspirational. It's very much based in nature. And I would say that's true of the book as well. It's about taking inspiration from nature and applying that to your crafting. I would recommend this for anybody else that is a bit of a polycrafter. If you like dipping into lots of different crafting techniques, then this is a really good project for you. Um, Well, really good book for you. If you are just a straight crochet and you don't do anything else, then you may really like the five patterns that are in here, but the book is £14.99. So it may not be the ideal book for you um, from a crochet pattern point of view. um, But it's very inspirational. I think it's a great kind of coffee table book. And it's one that you could sit down with a cuppa and just flick through the beautiful photos and take inspiration from. But because it is also so varied with the crafts, I think it's a great book to have in your arsenal. I bought this in Loop, London. I paid full price for it. It was fourteen ninety nine, and I I would gladly pay that for it. I think it's good value for money. Um, you can get it cheaper than that, but I was very pleased to be supporting a yarn shop in the purchase of this, rather than a global giant such as Amazon. Um, but Amazon does have it listed at a at a cheaper price but it is available through lots of yarn shops and I have seen, if you don't recognise the book, this is the UK cover and I'll take a photo and pop them into the show notes. There is a different cover for the US and I think the rest of the world. It's actually nicer. I think quite often UK covers are nicer. This is one of those instances where the US version actually is a nicer cover and a bit more appealing. So much to go at in here. Um, all sorts of bits and pieces. I think next on my list to do is the wreath. Because I really like the idea of having a nice little um, branch wreath. She calls them woodland wreaths. And I think that's probably the next thing I will do. Possibly the Hawthorne gin. Because, well, because gin. <laughs> I love gin. And um, it, it's definitely on my list of things to make. just see if I can pull up. Yes, yeah, so she takes you step by step through how to make these really beautiful woodland wreaths. And again, this is something that I can do from foraging locally in our hedgerows and the little twigs that are down, um, getting them and reusing them. The idea is like when I um strip back some of the ivy that we've got growing on our dry stone wall, then putting that ivy to reuse. I just like the idea of not wasting things and having and using nature as my material source so yeah really lovely book I've provided all the details in the show notes and I will pop some photos up in there too of the projects that I have made and yeah lovely book but what I would say is don't be put off by the fact that it references winter lots of the projects in here can be made right the way throughout the year and there's also a Hashtag Making Winter on Instagram. So if you want to go in and look at some of the projects that people have made, go and have a look at that hashtag. I took a little peek at it last night. There's so many beautiful projects and so much inspiration taken from that hashtag as well. It's very, very much based in nature, which is something that appeals to me wholeheartedly. So yeah, Making Winter by Emma Mitchell. I have put a full book review of this up on my blog and I've provided a link to it from the show notes as well. Lovely book. So it has been a little while since I did a big up just because there's been so much else going on. There are so many crochet podcasts popping up. Um, And so I have got four for you to go and check out. Um, they're in varying degrees some of them have got kind of 10 11 episodes out some of them have got a couple out and um, some of them have got even more than that but this I'm just letting you know these are people that I've just been um, coming across so I want to point you in their direction there are lots of things that appeal about different podcasts so I'm just going to keep on telling you about them and some of them may land and some of them may not but I'll just if If you also have a crochet podcast or a podcast where you talk about crochet, come and wave at me and say hello. There is no shame in that and I will highlight you because different things appeal to different people. And I'd rather everybody knew about all the different crochet podcasts that are out there for your viewing pleasure. So first up is Mickey Midge Crochet Podcast. This is Michelle. She is based in um, the UK. She's been podcasting for a few months now. She tries to go out um, weekly um, and she's actually just starting a springtime cal. It's due to start on the 14th of February. um, And the idea is that you crochet something which is spring themed. It's on YouTube and I've popped a link into the show notes. Next up is Talia Louise Crochet. Natalie has got a couple of podcasts out so far. Um, She's based in Australia and she works on quite a large range of projects with different yarns. Um, I think she's aiming for a monthly podcast as well and she does like a bit of the old hand-dyed yarn, uh, does Natalie. So go and check her out. Again, linked in the show notes. Elizabeth from Earl Grey uh, Crochet. She's been podcasting for about seven months now and um, she crochets all sorts of things and she makes a lot of amigurumi and um, she's good fun based in australia and like really full of enthusiasm um, elizabeth is actually going to be running a blur shawl cal so if you haven't done the blur shawl yet it's one by dion from adida designs she's going to start that cal on the 31st of march Guess who's in for that one? That would be me. I actually already have the pattern and just hadn't got around to it. So I'm going to be adding that one into my list. Um, then we've also got Sam Squeak's Craftcast. Sam's got a couple of podcasts out. She's based just outside of Chicago in the US. and She basically loves to crochet and do other crafting bits and pieces. I started watching Sam's stuff yesterday in advance of the podcast. So I kind of was dipping in and out. So and um, the fact that I'm not able to talk as much about Sam doesn't mean anything. It's just that I was trying to do it whilst I was writing show notes up as well. Um, I'm sure there are more out there. So if you've got a favourite podcaster that I haven't mentioned, let me know. The other thing that I'm thinking about doing is, as I do in Ravelry with the Cal Thread... Also producing a podcaster's thread. So you've got one point of resource to go and try out all of these different podcasters and vlogcasters. So if you think that would be useful, wave at me, let me know. And like I say, if you've got a crochet podcast, wave at me, let me know that you're there. I'd love to be able to highlight you and let other people know what you are up to. That's how people have come across me and... That's what makes this a great community is that we're sharing and collaborative. So, yeah, let me know who you are, I'd love to be able to check you out. Um, yeah, that's so that's it for big ups for the moment. So, the final bit is what's good. Um, what's good is I had a really nice day up at Black Sheep Wools, um, because I got to spend time, well, I went twice actually, it's a bit naughty. I went once to go and um, do the workshop and meet up with Lindsay and Katie and Charlie and Catherine and Catherine, and that was it was really nice. The workshop, like I say, it was it was good fun, and then I went up about five days later to meet up with my friend uh, Lucia and she and I just sat and crafted and drank coffee. Um, I'm lucky that I've got such a nice local yarn shop in Black Sheep Wolves and they've got a cafe and they do good coffee and a really nice cake. Um, and whilst it's not on my doorstep, it's about 40 minutes away um, but it's definitely what I would consider to be my local yarn shop. And I managed to have a natter with Sarah, who um, her and her brother, it's it's their shop, basically. They have black sheep wools. It's a family-run business. And so I managed to get a bit of a catch-up and a natter with her, and it was, just, it was just really nice. So what's good is that I've got that, not quite on my doorstep, but I've got a really good local yarn shop, and I'm appreciative of that because lots of people don't. Um, and also just the the community, the fact that I've got people that are local and people that I know through the podcast that I can meet up with and sit and crochet and craft away with and it's just, it's really nice and I appreciate having that in my life because I work from home and I'm on my own a lot of the time I'm out here in the office Matthew and I meet back up for lunchtime if he's here and then I tend to go in at about 6, half 6 at night so... I'm out here for a lot of hours on my own and I'm really appreciating the times I'm able to go out and meet with people. Like Sometimes I go to a Thursday morning crafting session and I'll work on my designs but I'll sit and do it with people or same at wool gathering once a fortnight. It's just really nice to have that space with other fellow crafters and be enthused by them. That's, that's what's good, how much you guys inspire me to uh, keep on crafting and... Be good at what I do. Really try hard and strive to be good at what I do. Right. I think that's it. You know where to find me if you want me. Uh, Thank you for tuning in as ever. Thank you for subscribing and liking and commenting and uh, be part of the Ravogry group and engaging with me on Instagram. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. So, I shall see you, if you're joining in, I'll see you at the Global Hookup on Saturday night, or I'll see you on the one on the 24th, or I will see you on the next podcast at the beginning of March. Until then, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bob, say bye. You're so cute. You're a pain in the backside, but you're cute. Bye-bye! Are we done? Are you disgruntled? Am I just woken you up? Am I a mean, mean mummy? Should we go and get lunch? Because you have been sick everywhere. Luncheon? Ready for lunch? He is a sucky wee beast of a cat. Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to, the... are you putting me off? See normally I'm really good at this stuff now. Is it you, have you got evil kitten powers It makes me fluff things up?